Rumor has it there is a secret base hidden underneath the Archelaus. So have you ever been in a spaceship? Don't try this at home. Secrets of Area 51 Reveal. I'm from Serious A, not Serious B. Who are Tia? Ha! Mama! It's time to open your eyes, open your mind, and shift your paradigm. You're tuned in to another episode of All Night with the Living Geeks, a podcast in which we investigate and discuss high strangeness and the weird world in which we live. And we want to remind you that we're not and probably will never be experts in the topics we discuss. We may miss bits of research or misspeak at times, but we'll always encourage you to do your own research, vet your own sources, and come to your own conclusions. And personally, I feel like this month more than others, it's more important to mention that we all here at the show believe that trans lives matters, black lives matters, Asian lives matters, and um, don't, don't be a dick out there. Um, be nice to people and look out for one another because, yeah, world's not doing so good right now. And with that impromptu bit, I'm your host, Taylor. Across the virtual desk for me tonight is my brother, Seb. Seb, how you doing? Pretty good. Good evening to you, both of you Indeed. gentlemen. Thank you. Great thank to you. to be here again thank you. for our fourth episode. Yes. Yeah, fourth yeah. episode already. And as you can hear him there as well, joining us this time again is my good friend and podcast co-host, John. John, how you doing? I'm doing much better because while you were doing that intro, my young pup decided it was time to lay down and be quiet. Aww. So let's let's talk about spooky, spooky ghosts. That's excellent. And I've, I've been told I have that very soothing radio voice. So if I played any part in Camilla taking a rest, I am happy to have been part of that. I mean, I feel like maybe if you end up putting this in the outro, they'll, they'll get a taste and they'll know that you indeed helped with the, uh, the oh, musical good. interlude. Yes, yes, I think that is definitely our outro for this <laughs> month. That was that was almost as good as your little NPR NPR bit over um, uh, over Jonathan Frakes from last month. I'm gonna uh, I, I took it off the board. I, we mentioned it before we went on air, but I think I'm gonna try and loop that just so yeah. it's instrumental the entire time. So we I, I think that would be fantastic. Have some fun with that in future episodes. Yes. <laughs> definitely um so so you guys are good that's excellent to hear i know that uh uh april has been i don't know a fairly busy month i don't know about the two of you but i have now had my second dose of the vaccine i've gotten through the couple of roughish days after that mm-hmm. so i am fully vaccinated excellent awesome not John, there, i think not you're there yet it's soon though. It's, it's coming Thursday. up. Thursday, right? yeah. They okay. had they pushed mine back for some reason. I never got an explanation, but they rescheduled. That's all that matters. Uh, Lauren, my fiance, got her second dose on Friday. Okay, and, I'm sorry, she got it on Thursday, and then Friday was was pretty rough for her. Uh, but she's it, that second better. dose. Yeah, that second dose. I think definitely hits a little harder. I think that happened with you as well, didn't it, Seb? Oh, most definitely. I probably didn't sleep at all that night. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I had really, yeah, I had two nights of just really restless sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, I have something but to look forward for sure. to. <laughs> yeah, right? You just, you stay up all night and watch wrestling anyway, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so you're sad. 
Yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready to go. I got stuff to keep me busy, that's for sure. That is for sure. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Well, I tell you what, what is new in our world of weird, Seb? What, what has happened strange to you this past month? Well, this past month, thanks to you, I guess last weekend, you introduced me to my own doppelganger. Yes, that's right, folks, my own double. Uh, it's you were very watching, weird. Yes, uh, I think you were watching an episode of Guy Fieri's TV show, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Oh, yeah, yeah. Typical Friday and Saturday night staple around exactly. here. Exactly. Perfect. Sure. And, yep. and you, you sent me a text message saying, oh my gosh, you got to check out this episode because you are in it. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I pulled it up on Discovery Plus here at home. And there was an episode, yeah, with Guy and a friend of his, a celebrity chef by the na- name of Eric Greenspan. Um, and they were in a segment and um, it literally was me. It was looked exactly like me, talked like me, had my mannerisms, um, it, which is weird because I, you know, Googled the gentleman and his still photography, like pictures of his head and whatnot, doesn't look anything like me. But you watch this one episode and it's it's eerie. It's uncanny. So I can now officially say I've seen my doppelganger, which is pretty interesting. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, it was yeah. it was very weird to watch that. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm I'm not glued to the TV. It's just kind of good background noise. Right. So I'm like looking at my phone or something and I look up and I'm like, wow, that guy looks a lot like Seb. And <laughs> then like he's talking and he's just the way he like moves his arms and gesticulates. And I was like, oh, my God. And then like at one point, like. I, like he makes a face like he's like someone's taking a picture almost and it's the exact same face that Seb pulls when somebody takes it's like like this this like look of sudden surprise just like ah, you know and I was like oh crap and I was just like dude I am literally like watching you on triple d right now separated it was what can i say yeah or something yeah it was super weird so i i hunted down like i tried to memorize what season and episode it was Mm -hmm. um when i watched it and then of course like went to bed got up the next morning i had no recollection of what season or episode it was so I, i did a bit of hunting around to try and find it but yeah it was it was definitely weird awesome awesome yeah John, what's up with you? So um, I had two really weird synchronicities revolving, both actually revolving around my uh, my my work. Mm-hmm. The first one, um, Lauren and I, we own a podcasting editing recording service, and uh, we both edit podcasts, and we have this podcast Dude. called... Um, yes? Plug it. Uh, it's plug, it's plug Pink, Pink, Pink Croft, Pink, man. Pink, Pincroft Loft, pincroftloft.com, and you can find that on Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, yeah, we offer editing and all that other stuff. But we had a, we have one of our shows, which is called um, Off the Freaking Rails. Uh, I will not say the actual name of it, but there you go. Gotcha. You can gotcha. look it up. And we were editing episodes at the same time. I think we actually ended up switching who was editing which episode beforehand just randomly okay okay and i'm editing an episode and it has somebody from the musical hades town on it and that is a musical that lauren has currently been obsessed with she listens to it a lot so i was like okay that's weird and in the midst of editing lauren messages me and says hey the woman that i'm that's the guest on this episode says she had an Instagram 
show that was opted for a documentary. I was like, that's weird. And she says, oh, my God, it was Homeschool Musical. Now, Homeschool Musical is a show or it was a documentary that World of Wonder produced. And, and that's the company, that's the company for, I right? work for. Yes. Oh, and wow. um, they that was one of the first things I worked with when I or worked on when I got hired back. So wow. that's weird. And it was also weird that we switched episodes. So it was the intri- interest of the other person. Yeah, very strange. That's interesting. That's Tricky. interesting. And then the other thing happened this week. Uh, I was watching something for work, and I was looking at the credits. And I don't know what why I thought this. I randomly thought, I wonder if my boss put my name in the credits just randomly. I wonder if it happened. And because they've never been, they've never been in the credits. So I was like, whatever. And then later that mm-hmm. day, he messages me and goes, "Hey, actually he calls me. I'm sorry. He calls me and goes, "Hey, um, I'm just letting you know." Uh, this season on one of our shows, you're going to be in the credits. And I was like, wait, and I had not mentioned it to him at all. Oh, interesting. It was just very, very weird that I guess I put that energy out into the universe. Yeah. So those are the two weird things that happened to me most recently that I can remember. Nice. Nice. No pizza related stuff though. I I know, (laughs) but man, boy, did we have a nice pizza discussion before we started recording tonight. I'm really craving some pizza. Uh, How about you, Taylor? You know what? I, this past month, I got a couple things. This past month, I had only my fourth UFO dream ever. I've only ever had four UFO dreams uh, at this point in my life. Um, And this one, I feel like, and I, it's funny because like, one of the earliest ones, I can't exactly remember. I've had one where it's been like, you know, a group of orbs flying in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had one where there it was this giant, like almost like brick-shaped UFO. It's this big rectangular craft. Now I've had uh, one of our black triangles. And it was weird because I was, it w- had to have been the end of the school year. And I was like talking with my son's teacher. So I was at his school, which would make sense because obviously he's, you know, learning remotely for the rest of this year. But anyway, in the dream, um, like we walk into this, like almost atrium type area and a bunch of other parents come up and start talking to the teacher, but I'm still trying to get a question in. Uh-huh. And I look up and this, this atrium has got a big glass roof. His school looks nothing like this, by the way. And I look up and they're kind of in and amongst the clouds kind of phasing into reality is a black triangle and yeah and it's really weird because i I don't know if like i don't know if it just like jumped scenes or i actually went outside and maybe i just don't remember that part of the dream but next thing i know i'm outside and this thing has gone from being you know an upright triangle so like the bottom of the triangle is facing the ground to being um you know rotated 90 degrees so it's like you know giant pie slice Mm -hmm. So like the 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 area of the triangle is facing the ground, but it is thick. This is this is it, and it is big. And I am I remember the dream being so vivid that my entire body was tingling. It was electrified. I remember Ooh. the feeling, just having that adrenaline rush of like, oh god, oh my god, I am seeing this, and this is real, and this is really happening. And I just and it's weird because when I woke up, my body was still tingling. I literally had that adrenaline rush, and I kind of had to lay there for a little while and kind of come down from that. 
Um, and, and in all honesty, I mean, I had a couple of moments where I was like, oh God, I feel like I am going to close my eyes and like roll over and there's going to be a goddamn gray in the room. <laughs> it was just the tiniest wow. bit terrifying. And, and, and there wasn't, you know, didn't, didn't see anything in my room, nothing weird like that, but it was just, but it's the first time I've ever had a dream of, of this nature where I've had this kind of very physical reaction in real life to events in the dream. And it was just, it was just like, like if you've ever, I think it's literally shock that your body goes into where you're, you're tingling so much, your body kind of goes numb. Yeah. Jeez. Ooh, that's awesome. But it's also scary too. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, there's a lot, a lot going on there. Yeah. I mean, in your dream, did it land and like people come out or Taylor? Hello. I think we lost Taylor. No, he's been abducted. Oh my goodness, Taylor! You okay? Horrible. Let me. Let me. I didn't. Let me. I didn't see the. Uh, he's Holy still cats. in here. Okay. But I don't see his name lighting up. Isn't there a chat function? Hold on. Yeah. Let me. Uh, hello. Uh, is this some sort of like? Is <laughs> I, this like a? I don't know. This is kind of weird. His computer crashed. There we go. Oh, did he text you? Mark the time. Okay. Okay. Let me. Oh, poor Taylor. That I mean, let's let's talk about that. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's like the, the wasn't there like a famous episode of Art Bell where somebody yes. was telling a story and like a satellite got knocked off the air or something like that. Yeah, it was basically from what I remember, it was when the the guy was calling one of the guys was calling in about Area Fifty One and he started talking about it, mm-hmm. and then I mm-hmm. feel like they lost, they completely lost power. Right. In yeah in the uh in the studio and it's crazy yeah it's just one of those weird things i think that also might be the um i think tool sampled that call in a <laughs> in a in a song it's awesome yeah and i remember the cuz i had never heard that recording until the tool song and i was like this is uh, this is disturbing this is very uh-huh. i don't like this at all no no definitely it is weird though that he was talking about um, you know, aliens and UFOs and then his computer crashed. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm just glad he wasn't abducted. That's uh I, I literally yeah. thought he was he might have been uh he was gonna try and prank us with something. I thought uh Yeah, weird, that's weird voice is gonna come on. I wouldn't put it past him, definitely. Um <laughs> There he is. Oh, there he is. Wow, that was interesting. We we talked a lot about you we thought I, at first I was scared you had been abducted. <laughs> yes government trying to quiet me of course then we thought it was you were doing like an art bell thing like you got knocked off the air you know? i i wish it was that simple <laughs> i wish it was that simple my my model of computer and i i have no idea what causes it i mean it, it's an older computer but periodically um it will just glitch the screen will go i mean it just it gets all garbled and the only way to get out of it is to do just a hard reset. It's just mm. shut the whole thing down, hard cycle it, bring it all the way back up. It has not done it in ages. Huh. And so to have it happen right as I'm talking about, like feeling this great surge yeah. of energy, um, that's, that's a little weird. Totally. That's a little weird. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that experience uh <laughs> any further um uh, I'll, I'll i'll 
uh, make sure to give everything a, a listen back and see, you know, maybe I just leave it all in because it's weird. Um, but I did get an offer, a good friend of mine uh, that I know through some VW circles. Uh, she also runs a podcast called Wise Woman Witchery. Huh. Um, uh, I actually, I, another person that I turned on to Hellier uh, and has since uh, joined the museum group, uh, she uh, reached out to me to say that she had started listening to our show. Oh, great. Um, yeah, really enjoying it. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got a, I got a bunch of ghost hunting gear. Where, where have you wanted to go investigate? Mm. And so I think now we basically kind of have an open invitation uh, to go and do some ghost hunting. Interesting. Uh, which I think is, is oddly coincidental with our topic this month. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, so, so hopefully, hopefully as, um, as everyone gets more vaccinated and things start opening up and, you know, assuming that everything still is done safely, uh, with respect to everything, because there are variants out there that are certainly worrisome, um, you know, maybe, maybe we will have some, uh, some investigations to ultimately report on, which would be. Which That'd be crazy. Fun. Yeah. yeah. I, my, vote, my vote, there's a haunted Burger King in the Bay Area. Shut up. Is there really? There is, is there really? Yes. Where is well, it? Suppose, oh, I'd have to look. It, there, it was okay. like, a, it's actually kind of sad. It, there was like a, a robbery stick up in the 80s and somebody died or something like that. Well, and, you know, speaking of Burger King's RIP Shock G. Yes. Of <laughs> Digital Underground. <laughs> Burger King bathrooms will never be the same. Yes, exactly. Full circle. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, one one last weird thing. Um, um, I'll try and make it quick because I know I've kind of delayed uh, the show now a little bit. Um, but uh, uh, one of our followers, um, I would probably say one of our fans, uh, uh, Rue Girl seventy eight on uh, on Twitter. Uh, her name's Amanda. She does retweet our stuff a lot, and thank you for that. Um, uh, has she has shared with me uh, some UFO footage? Um, she and her husband, uh, live in Eastern Kentucky. Um, okay. Yep. Sometimes that's all you need to say for the weirdness (laughs) to, to appear, stay stable computer. Um, and yeah, she, she at one point tweeted out a couple of pictures of some unusual, uh, orbs over their property. Um, and just kind of had casually mentioned, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I took footage of this, uh, ufo you know late one night and it was you know headed over the valley and you know off toward like virginia or something and i'm like wait seriously like could can we see this um and so she shared it isn't comfortable with it going public so we're going to respect that um but i will say it is it certainly is very curious because um you know it, it, it again it's just a bright point in the sky, but it does this kind of almost, you know, kind of floaty swoopy movement, uh, a little bit as it's tracking over top, uh, 
That's wild. Of their of their position. Yeah, it was it was it's a very interesting uh watch. And uh uh you know, if if it is something she's ultimately comfortable sharing, hopefully she will share. Uh and we would certainly be happy to uh yeah. retweet that to our listeners. So yeah, I'm sorry that it's not more of a, oh, here's this really cool thing and we're gonna show everybody, but you know, we gotta respect absolutely uh, the wishes of our friends and listeners yes 100 so. percent. anyway it was it was neat um yeah eastern kentucky man weird weird stuff happens out there yeah um although although it's worth mentioning if you want season two season one and two uh of hell you're on blu-ray they are available in their store now uh back in stock back baby in stock. back in stock yep Yep, I got my season two Blu-ray uh, as soon as it dropped, and uh, they they now have another batch available. Perfect. Anyway, with that, I am going to wet my whistle, and we will dive into this month's topic. What comes next? As long as humankind has been able to conceive of its own mortality, humans have wondered if this is all there is. What are we to make of the possibility or probability of an afterlife? Throughout history, people have also claimed visitations and experiences with those who've passed on from our physical world. There was even, and I kid you not, a trial that accepted the testimony of a ghost. From spiritual movements to pop culture and beyond, proving the existence of ghosts and thusly the reality of life beyond death has become a big deal, especially on TV in the past 15 years or so. But from where or when do these experiences originate? What effect do our own intentions have on an experience and could we possibly create a haunting where previously there wasn't one tonight we're going to ask you to join us for a high level overview of ghosts and hauntings before you go rushing into an old building and shout come at me bro ghosts it's me your boy (laughs) hey see that's that's a little bit more inviting yes you know it's like hey i've arrived rather than challenging them (laughs) yes don't you know Tell, don't just challenge be like, don't, hey, don't shout at ghosts. Hey, what's up? I'm here. Yeah. What's your deal? What's your deal? Hi, I'm I'm here to talk. Yeah. You know, tell me about your childhood. <laughs> Wait, no, no, don't, don't, maybe don't go Freudian on them. <laughs> um, this is when when I when we kind of decided to do this topic this month, I was like, man, how how are we really going to come at this? Because I I the more I think about it, and again. I feel like I've said this almost every month we've done the podcast so far is that had you asked me a few years ago, I would have been like, oh, well, it's it's dead spirits, it's energy, it's stone tape theory, it's, you know, any number of these residual things. Um, now I'm not so sure, but it is it is a I feel like it is an incredibly subjective experience. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of you know a couple of different ways you could go at it. What do you think a ghost is? Do you think it's just one thing and that's it, or could it be multiple different things? Right. Which I think is where I I land in more is I I don't I, you know I guess when you're a child you're like it's the ghost of dead people and right. I mean sure it could still be that but it could be you know um, maybe. I mean, there's there's a lot of different things. I feel like there there's some ghost sightings where it's just like the ghost walked through a wall and I didn't interact with it. I feel like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff could be like maybe a different um, different oh dimension kind of vibrating on a different frequency for a minute, and we're just seeing a dude right. walk through a hall in a different place. Yeah, 
edges edges of the multiverse kind of tapping together different uh you know big ball of timey wimey wibbly wobbly stuff yes. and and you know the past and the future you know touch there just for a second and then come apart again oh yeah and i didn't even think about that it could you know it could be from the past it could be it could be from the future it could be from a different dimension who knows like i think yeah. like that for me at least is when we do not interact with the the thing it just right. kind of passes on through and that's it I kind of right. like I, I hope this theory is true because I would want to be like someone sighting in a different dimension. Oh, like, what was yeah. that guy doing? <laughs> Just like driving why, a car. Why, or is something. That, <laughs> why is that guy walking by getting so agitated about wrestling? <laughs> Just screaming. I don't even know. Hey, who are these Mets of which he speaks? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, basically. That would be my. Seb, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Seb, what do you, what's what's kind of your take on on some of this? Just at a at a initial level, uh, you know, um, I'm going to try to keep this to under two hours because I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, the first thing for me is I've never experienced anything, but I love hearing others that have had those experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I think ghosts are just as real as dreams are, in the sense that like we can prove a person had a dream. We can do a brainwave scan and look at rapid eye movement. And I think you can prove that a, a, like a structure, for instance, is haunted. You know, you can do sound recordings and measure fluctuations in electromagnetic radiation and all those good things. But like, <clears throat> I don't think that we can prove what they are. Like I, you can prove that I had a dream last night and I can tell you what the, the plot of that dream was, but I cannot prove to anybody what the plot of the dream was. You almost have to take my word for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's the same thing with okay. you can you can prove a house is haunted, but I just don't think it can definitively be proved that that haunting is either the ghost of a dead person or a reflection, like a, just a stone tape theory recording from the past, or it was like um, a non-human intelligence, or it was you know something that was conjured by intention, you know, ma- the manifestation of the will of a living person, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I was mm. kind of trying to do a thought experiment, which was like, if I came face to face with a ghost and like, I could ask it questions and it would answer like, what questions could I ask to learn its true nature? And it just, nothing, nothing would compute. Like for instance, like if I ask a question of the ghost and it doesn't answer, well, maybe it's just residual. It's just like a, like a recording from the past. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, maybe it's an intelligent ent- entity that just, just doesn't want to answer me. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like yeah. I, or, or, or maybe there's not, there's not enough energy mustered. You yeah, know, exactly. To, you know, brought up in order to generate a response at the frequency that, you know, we're vibrating on. Right. I mean, if I get an intelligent answer, it could be the ghost of a dead person, or it could be a non-human entity, quote unquote demon, you know, or it could be something that's just <laughs> oh, being conjured by my, 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 my will. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll talk about the whole quote unquote demon thing. I, I, I have feelings on that. Anyway. So yeah, it's just, it really bugged me because it was like, you know, if I could give it a survey and give it a number two pencil and a scantron thing, it's like, I couldn't <laughs> think of any series of questions that it could give me that it would prove. The only thing I could think of is maybe like if a person before they died wrote a message in a sealed envelope and then like the ghost says what's the man, what the answer is. And then you open the envelope and it's the right answer. Like maybe that, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. That would be so, so difficult probably to pull off, I guess. I don't know. What do you guys think? 
man, I you you touched on so many things that I kind of want to um, bring up, and I, and I and I'm not even sure where to start with it. I I, I feel like maybe the well, okay. like the power of intention, mm. right? Going going into a place or into an investigation of of any kind, really, um, with you know this idea, and and I I you know hopefully stated allowed because I, I think there is power in the spoken word um of your intention you know um are you a, a tv ghost bro who is is coming in <laughs> you know I, and you know I, look hey we all watch ghost hunters full full disclosure i was a massive ghost adventures fan for a very long time i feel a before very before very that, long time. you and i i think watched ghost hunters we we may have a lot during our Barnes and Noble days. I feel we may have, uh, and that's very possible. Um, but I really kind of clicked with ghost adventures mm -hmm. and those early seasons, I think actually probably still have some pretty good stuff. And then, and you can just, you can watch it happen. If you subject yourself to it, yeah. everything becomes darker. Everything becomes demons, 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 demons. Um, and everything becomes more and more and more confrontational. Mm -hmm. And there comes a point in my watching it. I'm sh and I'm sure there's still people who enjoy watching it and still people who are like, you know, there are going to be people who are like, I just watch this for entertainment. These guys yeah. crack me up. Yeah. You know, and there are other people who are like, yes, everything they do is the most legit stuff in the world. And those are the people I worry about because there are very, I think clear instances of, of twisting history, twisting facts to fit this kind of dark demonic vibe that they're going for. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily trying to single out ghost adventures. That's just the one that I'm most familiar with because I watched it so much. Yeah. Um, but there legitimately came a point where, you know, like watching ancient aliens, it's like, it's like, it's this. And, all of the stuff points to this and it's like, well, no, if, if you come at it logically, there could be other reasons. And, you know, it, it turns more in terms of like, rather than looking at facts, it's like, Oh, here's this one fact. Could it actually be this? And it's like, no, 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 it can't. Like this just doesn't make sense now. And I, I finally just gave up and I just, and I, you know, turned my back on that, that attitude and that, and that vibe, that intention, uh, that they go in with, you know, if you go in with an antagonistic intention, you know, whatever it is you're interacting with. Yeah. I mean, you're likely to get an antagonistic response. Oh yeah. Uh, hello. This is wild. <laughs> so, oh my God. So either Taylor's computer and Seb's computer both crashed literally the same time or we're having some issues with the thing we record through because what i will just say is in the midst of that conversation we lost seb i messaged taylor that we had lost seb and then taylor disappeared so we'll we'll see i'm gonna keep gonna keep recording here just because this is strange i'm gonna rejoin the room i guess See what happens. This this episode is cursed. Apparently so. Oof. Oh, not great. This is I. Well, I mean, I guess we, 
the only thing that we can kind of take solace in is I'm recording on my end, so we're not losing anything. Right. I mean, technically, right. we're losing stuff, but we're not losing. You get it. I get yeah. it. Then let's all keep an eye on the time and about okay. nine nine thirty. If we're not okay. done, okay. maybe we'll all just talk really fast. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, we'll, let's see how this picks up. Okay. Um, it, but but that again, that's talking about going in with that kind of intention. You go in with antagonistic intention. You're going to get an antagonistic response. I think it's really interesting. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to agree with that. I feel like there's, you know, your intentions, obviously, in all situations, uh, you know, usually depend on how the outcome of that situation will go. And if you come in uh, antagonizing spirits and such, uh, you're probably not going to get a great response back. No. Or any at all. No. Yeah, right. They can just shut down a bit like, "Mm, nope, ain't talking to you, bro. Yeah. Seb, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say the thing I love is that throughout most of human history, it seems that humans have believed that the living need to feed the dead or give the dead money for the afterlife or somehow support the dead. And now with ghost hunting TV shows being so popular, it's the reverse. It's like if you have a house that's allegedly haunted, it's like, you know, time to take it to the bank. It's You monetize the dead and you get, you know, TV shows and podcasts and... Now the dead are feeding the living instead of the living feeding the dead. And I just think that's so interesting, I guess. I don't know. That That is interesting. I've always felt that stories about haunted places, for me personally, there's like a sliding scale of believability. Like at the very bottom are places that are haunted that serve intoxicating beverages like bars and restaurants. Mm-hmm. And then you go up and it's like places that are haunted that are profit generating enterprises like museums or hotels. Like the things I love the best are when it's like a haunted graveyard or a haunted road, like something where not nece- there's not necessarily an ownership stake in, in involved or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a great little documentary that you can get on YouTube for free that I love to promote at any time because it's so good. And it's called Ghosts on the Underground. And all it is is just interviews with staff of the London Underground, you know, the subway system. Yeah of them just telling about ghost stories that they've experienced personally. And it's so, I find it incredibly compelling and very well made. So listeners, that's, if you uh, want some scary stuff to I- enjoy, that's a really good one. That's interesting. And, and I'd like to put a, a link to that in the show notes. Um, and that's kind of an odd synchronicity that you bring that up being the London underground. I saw a picture. I want to say it was on Instagram today. It might've been Twitter and somebody had um, posted a picture of uh, a sign, you know, a, a printed off piece of paper sign in a window in the London Underground saying that, you know, if you, oh God, I don't remember what it said now, but basically like if, if you see a ghost or you see an apparition or something, um, like without a ticket, it, it seemed tongue in cheek at the time, mm-hmm. you know, to like, to like report them to, to the, the oh, transit authority. Right. Yeah. And, and so for Seb, for you to bring that up after ha- me having seen this and going, oh, yeah, they're, they're just being kind of silly. They're being kind of cute and funny. I'm like, oh, maybe they weren't being kind of tongue in cheek <laughs> there. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, they don't, they don't mess around over there. You know, it's crazy. Up until I read this 1823 in Britain, that is, mm-hmm. the law over there said that suicide victims were required by law to be buried at a crossroads with a stake driven through the heart. Um, to keep the ghost 
of the suicide victim at bay. Like basically they buried wow. at a crossroads so the ghost wouldn't what? know which direction to travel in. And up until 1823, it was required by law to always do that because of the fear of the ghosts, which is wow. crazy. You know? That's like nuts. That yeah. That, I guess, I guess that's another aspect of this really. It's not just the power of intention. It is the power of belief. Yes. Definitely. You know, um, and, and how that influences or can be influenced by, you know, for lack of a better term, the phenomena. Yeah. One of the weirdest things for me personally was uh, when I was in library school, I had to learn about something called Anglo-American cataloging rules. And okay. It's basically the rules you have to follow when you create like a card catalog entry for a book in a library setting. Oh. And there's actually a rule that says, I think it's been changed since, but when I was in school, this was still the, the, the law of the land, so to speak. If you're a person and you write a book and you believe that you're channeling the spirit of a dead person and you're not actually the author of the book, the, the dead person's moving your hand as it's writing the paper, writing the pen or whatever, you know, like spirit writing, spirit communication, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you publish that book, the library has to enter the author of that book as not the person who was doing the spirit channeling or whatever, but as the ghost of that famous dead person. <laughs> so, and then you would put spirit in parentheses. So you'd put like Beethoven comma Ludwig van, and then in parentheses spirit, even though if the real author was like me, basically. Wow. You know, oh, that, interesting. Yeah, which was really a real, real trip to me. How I really had a hard right time. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, was, right. But, but again, that, you know what, that almost speaks to these people who, who may, and of course, I mean, with any field, UFOs, ghosts, you know, cryptids, you, you've got people who may look at this and go, you know, how can I capitalize on this? How can I make a buck for myself? Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, don't get me started on channelers because there are, I mean, and I, I'm sure there are lots of legit ones, but it is, it is an easy field for hoaxers to come in. And I, I have to wonder if, if part of this, uh, this rule that you're talking about, Seb, is to be like, oh, well, yeah, sure. You're publishing the book. And like you say, John, how do royalties work? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's maybe to discourage people just coming in and hoaxing to make a buck because, oh, you know, I've, I've channeled the spirit of, you know, Queen Elizabeth the first. And she says, you know, everybody should still be, I don't know. I can't think of something witty right now. Our, our, ep our episode is having too weird of an experience itself for me to come <laughs> up with something witty. Yeah. Now, now, John, let me ask you, have, do you believe that the quote unquote soul of a person after death, physical death can like still linger around and hang out and talk? Like, oh, what, do you, what do you believe? So this is a we this is a weird question because I, I'm not really sure I'm a, I'm a heaven and hell guy. So I don't know where mm -hmm. a soul would go if, if such a thing exists. Um, but I, I have had dreams of people who have recently passed and it almost feels like I'm inclined to believe that maybe it is some sort of a visit. It's, it's not a, obviously it's not like a spooky visitation. It's just like a random dream visitation. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a little inclined to believe that maybe question mark. I don't know. I'm kind of the jury for me is out on that, but I, I have yeah, had dreams where a, a person who has recently passed on has um, been in my dream and it, it almost feels like a closure thing. So it could just be, you know, m my mind doing that, but it could not be. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. 
How about you, Taylor? You know, I always came at it from the point of view of, um, you know, our brain is an electrochemical uh, engine. Okay. Right, for lack of a better term. Um, And then I look at the idea of, you know, matter, energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Okay. Um, So when the physical body dies um, and that electrochemical engine stops running, where does that energy go if it's not, if it can't be destroyed? Okay, gotcha. Right? So I, I, I try to come at it as rationally as I, I think is possible okay. in terms of that. Um, somebody somewhere probably is like, oh, well, actually, you know, the energy does this, that, and the other thing. But I, I personally believe that that energy goes somewhere. Okay. Is it absorbed into the walls of a building? Is it, um, you know, does does it attach to a doll? I, we're not even really kind of oh, geez. talking too much about yeah. haunted objects, you know, right now. Um, does it, you know, absorb back into the super spectrum? Okay. You know, is 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 the Akashic record kind of thing? This like grand. Um, you know, it, think of it like the Matrix on Gallifrey, John. Yes, right. All the combined knowledge of of everyone who has lived before—that that's kind of what okay. the Akashic Record concept is. Um, you know, does it absorb back into that? Um, I I heard a very interesting, uh, just someone's theory uh, one time is that when, <clears throat> uh, let's say that it, let's say there's the multiverse, right? And so when you die in one, your consciousness hops over a universe and, huh. you know, kind of like pops into your body in the next one okay. and keeps going. Um, I, it's a very loose idea, but it was kind of one of those weird kind of like, oh, that's an interesting thought experiment just yeah. to consider. Um, yeah. So, I, again, I'm not really a heaven and hell type, um, but I personally believe that there is some kind of afterlife what that's composed of i don't have a a flipping clue (laughs) (laughs) well this is interesting i actually have all the answers if you guys are interested oh excellent Uh, great yes please please just in time for our 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 surprise time to run out on our clock right (laughs) so i'm gonna try to run through this pretty quickly but um i've always been fascinated with what are called near-death experiences you know what i'm saying yeah, good on ease. Um, the, the the two things that have always kind of held me back are are, are are this. You know, one is I've always thought, okay, the, the folks that experience these phenomena, near-death experience or whatever, are they just in it to be on TV and or to write a book? That's the one problem I always had. The second thing was, you know, hey, maybe you're having these experiences, but it's because like, you know, your brain's running out of oxygen and it's just like a natural thing that the brain does. It imagines like a you know bright shining light and you're floating down a tunnel, like all the old stories would say. But there's a guy, there's a there's a, a med school professor named Dr. Sam Parnia. This guy is my hero. He did something called awareness during resuscitation. It was a, a, a scientific project and he studied more than 2,000 cardiac arrest patients. He got 15 hospitals in North America and Europe to participate. And he did this huge academic study. He did all these fascinating things. Like he would go to the rooms where cardiac arrest patients would work, were worked on. And he put these, he would install these shelves high up near the ceiling. And on the top of the shelf, he'd put 
like random things like little toys and crap, you know? Oh. The theory being if someone's quote unquote spirit leaves the body and then they come back into the body or whatever and it's a near death experience, they could report on what they saw up there. Interesting. You know Yes, I feel like I've heard about this somewhere before, but keep going, keep going. So this guy did this study, and he took all these results, and they published it in a peer-reviewed academic journal that there will be a link to in our show notes tonight. Yes, absolutely. And it is utterly fascinating, in my opinion. There was one patient, he was this anonymous 57-year-old social worker from England, and he described a lot of the normal stuff like um, floating up to the corner of the room, seeing the medical staff work on him and stuff like that. And it's fascinating to me because basically what happens is this this Dr. Parnia and his colleagues, you know, they they look in the case, they look at the medical charts, they see what, you know, his medical condition was during this experience. And basically this gentleman was so, there was so little blood in his brain at the time that there was no way he could have been able to recognize the faces of the people that were working on him at the time. Like he basically came back and he said, yeah, I saw this guy. I saw this guy. This saw this guy. This is what this one guy's hair was like. This is what the other guy was saying. There's no way he could have heard all that stuff through his ears on the table because his brain couldn't medically do that. Wow. And the other thing that was really interesting was that he, um, when he went, when he basically was like dead, quote unquote, for lack of a better world word. Um, he looked up to see a strange woman beckoning him from the back of the corner of the emergency room with the ceiling. And he joined her. He left his inert body behind. And then he, he, he goes on to say, quote, I felt that she knew me. I felt that I could trust her. And I felt she was there for a reason, but I didn't know what it was. The next second I was up there looking down at myself. So here's a guy and it's like, he's, an, he's anonymous. He's not like a guy doing the lecture circuit going on. He's you know, not, coast coast. yeah, he's not the 10 year old kid wrote right in the heaven is real book. Yeah. He's not monetizing <laughs> his experiences. And at the same time, the medical doctors looked at his charts and said, yeah, you know, there's no way you could have known this one guy was bald when he was working on you because he didn't come into the room until after you were unconscious or whatever, you know, crazy. And, Interesting. And I'm going to want to read that. Yeah. That really, that, I don't know. That really, that really, that really is interesting. I think, because I think you can, you know, is that what a ghost is? I don't know. Maybe. But I mean, obviously, you know, the idea of a haunting being a dead person is is one thing. I mean, Tay, you were talking about, you know, the intention of the will, maybe manifesting something as well. Yeah, there's um, there's something called the Philip experiment. Um, and it was a um, it was an idea to try and create a. Um, uh, a haunting uh, where there wasn't one just through the idea of, um, you know, everybody involved coming up, basically creating a character um, and then seeing what kind of results. So I, I've got um, just the Wikipedia page up real quickly um, because I, I feel like I'm going to miss some vital uh, pieces of information when I talk about it. It was a 1972 uh, parapsychology experiment that happened in Toronto, Ontario. Um, and it was conducted uh, by this research society. It was led by a mathematical geneticist named Dr. A.R. George Orwin and overseen by psychologist Dr. Joel Witten. Um, the test group consisted of um, 
uh, George Owen's wife, Iris, a former chairperson of Mensa named Margaret Sparrow, an industrial designer, um, and his wife, a heating engineer. So it's got this whole like variety of people from different uh, places. So their goal was to create a fictional character through a purposeful methodology. I can say words today (laughs) and then attempt to communicate to uh, with it through a seance. Okay. So they created this character named Philip Aylesford and they referred to him just as Philip during the test, his fictional history, partially coincided with actual events and places, but with multiple contradictions and errors, right? So they said he was born in 1624 in England, had an early military career, knighted by the age of 16, right? That's (laughs) probably not all that common. Involved in the English Civil War, stuff like that, right? And then in despair, um, uh, uh, after a girl that he had fallen in love with was accused of witchcraft and burned at the stake, committed suicide in 1654, right? So they come up with this whole backstory, right? So they're, they're coming up with this info and they're, they're kind of setting this intention and putting this info kind of out into the universe, so to speak. And so the group was seated around a table with initial seances yielding no contact, no communication, and no phenomena. Um, Dr. Owen then changed the test conditions by dimming the lights and changing the environment to mimic that of a more traditional seance. Participants began feeling a presence, table vibrations, breezes, unexplained echoes, and rapping sounds that matched responses to questions about Philip's life. Uh, at one point, the table tilted on a single leg, um, and uh, at other times, uh, moved across the room without human contact, it is said. Huh. So here's this uh, initial experiment, which I I will admit seances, you know, dim rooms, dark rooms, table tricks. It's there's there is an element of like, okay, uh, you know, this is a also a notorious place for um, uh, for trickery to happen. But Mm. let me give a different example. Um, So there is a uh, there's a ghost show called kindred spirits um and this i would give as an example of how to do a good job of like ethically going into a place um you know uh not shouting at ghosts um you know interacting respectfully uh with them and not trying to just you know get them to do stuff just on Mm -hmm. command um there's always a little bit of that because you're trying to get repeatable experiences um but there was an episode in their most recent season. I don't remember exactly which episode it was, but it was in the fifth season um, where they uh, attempt something like the Philip experiment. And so um, they sit down one afternoon, the two hosts, and they come up with this backstory about, um, I think it was a young kid um, who lived on this property and I think died like in a horse riding accident. That's if my memory serves me correctly. And then that evening, um, they're on the property and they are doing EVP sessions and I believe Estes method sessions. We'll talk about the Estes method here in a second. Um, in order to try and they're, they're literally asking to talk to this person that they came up with and ask it questions about his life, how he died, and they get responses that match 
the story they came up with. Mm, interesting. So that brings up so many questions and so many possibilities. You know, did they actually create an entity, a haunting? Um, is it their own intention kind of influencing the local um, atmosphere, for lack of a better term, and what they've generated is giving these responses. Mm. It's, it's, it, it opens up a whole myriad of possibilities for what you're potentially encountering in a place. Um, and, and just even, even people who give ghost tours in places, if they are presenting this information that they have incorrectly in some way, or if there is some legend that really isn't based in any sort of historical fact, but you've got dozens and dozens and dozens of people coming through on tours mm. every week or every month, even you get these people hearing this story from what they're taking as a trusted source and going, well, this is a thing. Mm. I now believe that this is a thing. Does that then influence that location and create this specific type of haunting that's being described when mm. maybe that's not historically what happened there. So it's, it's so it, it, again, it comes back to something that is feels so malleable and subjective and don't. Yeah. Yeah. What I, what I, what I once thought was like, Oh, well this is obviously all dead people. You know, I'm not so sure anymore. Right. It's almost like if somebody witnesses a, a, a poltergeist activity, an object moving by itself, mm -hmm. but the person who's witnessing it is somehow has telekinetic powers. And maybe they're unknowingly moving it themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, right. But but it's almost like um, – it's very quantum what you're describing. It's almost like the act of an observer looking at something is causing the thing to do that thing. And if you're not looking at it, it wouldn't be doing that thing. That is a very, I think that's a very good uh, way of putting it. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah. It is, it, it's, it's very weird. And I, I'm, I mean, we are not by any means purporting to have the answers. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it really is one of those things that, that literally the more you start to look at it, the more you start to dig into it, the more you go, okay, this is not at all what I thought it was. Right, and, yeah. and there's so many other things that it could be. It's, it really, really is another case of the more I try to understand it, the less I realize I know. Right, right, right. Um, and I, I, the, like, the last thing that I'll add, just kind of in what I'm thinking about right now, um, I, I recently watched a, um, uh, a museum live stream um, where... Uh, they did a, a basically like a, a spirit board uh, communication seance thing, and and one of the things that came up was that um, the the phenomena is like a prism, and we all are like you know each individual is like a light shining on that prism, and whether you know depending on like what angle your light is, is hitting that prism, what is refracted out of that is going to look different. Huh. Um, and I thought that that was a kind of a great uh, way of kind of looking at what we're talking about okay. um, because of that subjectivity is that, is that, you know, our intention, our light, our, you know, our belief mm -hmm. is, is hitting the phenomena. And, and so we're getting back uh, a refraction of that. 
you know, everybody, some people, they don't believe they're never going to believe. And, and so, you know, they, they may never get something refracting out, you know, um, at the same time, you might have somebody who, who really totally believes and really, really wants to see, but for whatever reason, still doesn't get something back. You know, we don't know how that works. Right. Um, but it, it was just, yeah, it was just an interesting analogy, analogy, uh, that kind of stuck in my brain and I wanted to bring that up here. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it's weird. Like I, 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 I still can't explain, you know, the, the phantom footsteps I heard oh, running down okay. my hall one night. Yeah. You know, what was that? I wasn't sitting there being like, Hey, I'm trying to have an experience. I'm trying to communicate with something. I was going to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, yeah. it is boom, 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 boom. Well, maybe oh, someone so. in a, a different dimension that was vibrating on a different frequency at that time was also trying to go to the bathroom. Very possibly. <laughs> very weird. possibly. Very urgently. Yes. <laughs> it's weird because I, I innately want to vote for the, it's the ghost of a dead person in the sense that maybe that implies my intelligence or my consciousness will survive after death. And that's something that I have a self-interest in, a self-vested narcissistic interest in. But there's a part of me that like, almost wants to instead vote for the stone tape theory because, you know, as someone who's, you know, majored in history in college, like the idea that somehow we can access recordings from the past that are objective opens up a whole realm of things. I mean, it's like if I could talk to the ghost of someone who lived a thousand years ago, it'd be interesting, but I'd be getting some subjective, well, maybe he's exaggerating and you can't really trust what he's saying. But if I could objectively listen to sounds from, you know, the Battle of Hastings in 1066, that would be mm-hmm. just phenomenal, I think. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes me think of something that maybe someday way in the future we'll talk about called the chronovisor. Um, I'm not sure if it was ever a real thing, but if you if you Google up chronovisor, uh, it's a yeah, it's an interesting read. Um, yeah. What what I what I do want to mention, and we might hit a little uh, glitch in the recording here because I'm kind of keeping an eye on the time, um, is uh, what's referred to as the Estes method. And and one of these days, I mean, we've already got an open offer from Connor Randall, one of the developers of the Estes method, to kind of come on and uh, be part of the show one month. Um, and so I'd love to talk more about it with him, but. Um, if you've never heard of it, it, it is a method by which um, you kind of remove a little bit of the outside influence of another investigator when you are listening to a spirit box, whether that be an SB7 or a Frank's box or some sort of shack hack. Um, and so the the receiver is wearing a not noise-canceling headphones, but noise-reducing headphones, like drummer's headphones. Um mm-hmm. And those are plugged into the SB7. Uh, the person is blindfolded or is wearing an eye mask of some kind. So um, the focus is completely on the the, the sound coming into the ears. And their one and only job is to just repeat any words they hear. Mm-hmm. So they can't hear the person or persons, um, you know, standing in the room asking questions of whatever might be there with them. Um, and I think this is a great way to do it. And I, I want to try it. I want to experiment with it myself. I haven't been able to do that yet, even though I have an SB7, um, to try and see what what I get uh, in a place 
um, because I think it kind of helps. Um, I, I mean, I hate to say it, like a double blind study, like you really can't hear what's being asked. You can't read people's lips in terms of what's being asked. Um, so I think that lends a greater credibility to uh, any experiences that are had. And I've seen some very, very fascinating, very compelling uh, sessions done with that system. Can I just say, I'm, I'm a huge homer for ghost hunting equipment. I mean, I, I think, honestly, there could be a whole episode just on the different wacky devices that are out there, you know? And there are some pretty um, wacky devices, that's for sure. So many. All I'm, all I'm saying is I really want a ghost hunting device. There's something I think called an ovulus. Yes. Um, and, but I want what I'm hoping for, maybe when I win the lottery someday, I want an ovulus that's somehow built out of like an old, remember those old speak and spells? Yes. I <laughs> want a ghost hunting communication device that's a speak and spell. Like the whole voice, everything, you know. Oh, like the old, oh that's, boy. That's what I want. That's what I'm look. That's like my jam. I need that. In my life. Not only would that be cool and retro, that that speak and spell voice in a pitch black environment in an old building would actually be really creepy. Uh. I, you know, if if ghosts are the spirits of dead people, the overwhelming popularity of the ghost hunting television show phenomenon over the past 15 years or so, you got to imagine there's a lot of people that out there that are probably ghosts now that were fans of those shows when they were alive, you know? <laughs> and like, I wonder how that plays into it. You know what I'm saying? There's an interesting thought. Inter- yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's, that's a weird one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm a really big, I mean, personally, like I've said before on the show, I'm, I'm a Catholic, but I'm like the worst Catholic I know. And I personally love it whenever I can find something in a TV show or a book or something like that, that, you know, has nothing to do with religion or theology, but like, almost kind of suggests that there might be something out there that sounds sort of like what I kind of believe through my own faith or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this guy, he's a physicist at Stanford university named Leonard Susskind. And he, he has this great theory. He, he argues that math and physics suggests that our, um, our three dimensional universe is something like a, something like a hologram. It's kind of a weird idea. And he, he says that our real selves actually, reside not here on earth but out in the universe on a two-dimensional space at the very edge of the universe and um i've got a little clip here maybe we could play it i think it's clip s yeah let's Uh, go then it might be that everything in the universe from galaxies and stars to you and me even space itself is just a projection of information stored on some distant two-dimensional surface that surrounds us in other words what we experience as reality may be something like a hologram. Is the three-dimensional world an illusion in the same sense that a hologram is an illusion? Perhaps. I think, I'm inclined to think, yes, that the three-dimensional world is a kind of illusion and uh, that the ultimate precise reality is the two-dimensional reality at the surface of the universe. Always helps uh, to add some voice distortion in there. Yes, I love the, the background music. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was Suskin and, and another physicist, Brian Green, from an old PBS documentary. And I just love the idea that out at the edge of the universe, there's a version of me that's the real me. And I've always wondered, like, okay, if I die here on Earth, but there's still a real me way out there in space, it almost sounds like a very kind of old school concept of the afterlife in a way so it's almost like you have like two different 
you have theology and science pointing at things that may or may not be the same thing, but I don't know. It just, it's like, it always gets me thinking. I'm like, Hmm, you know, maybe that's something. Well, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, we all lived through 2020. I mean, there's (laughs) a big part of me that says, okay, this is all a simulation. And 2020 was just a year where like somebody messed with the code. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, could be who knows yeah yeah that's interesting i i mean i know as a kid i'd always be like well, well what's beyond the edge of the universe mm. maybe it's us a restaurant right. uh, yes that's right the restaurant at the end of the universe nice Nailed it. i, I have, love a good douglas adams reference <laughs> i have i have lately thought that i'm a ghost like uh, currently yeah. like right now well i i think it was like december 2019 i was at my i would tell her i was at your house late yeah. night to record a podcast and yeah, I, drove, yeah, yeah. I drove back to sacramento about midnight and i drove into some some super thick fog and it was mm-hmm. like you know i'm driving 60 miles an hour and i can't see, it was on like five north and it's like you know two lanes in the middle of the woods or whatever and i couldn't see five feet in front of my car and Eesh. it was terrifying and like ever since then like that's when like 2020 really kind of started you know and all the craziness started and it's like, wow, maybe I didn't make it home that night. And all this weirdness of 2020 I'm experiencing is just the weirdness of maybe that's why I'm not in my job or my work office all the time anymore. Because, so, not because there's a pandemic, because but I'm just like a ghost. Are we all experiencing it, basically the television show Lost then? Is that what, is that oh, what you say? <laughs> is oh, that no. what you say? So, so what you're saying is every 45 minutes, I've got to enter in numbers for us to stay connected. Oh, wow. Uh, well, ding dang. Yeah, technically, program. that's now true. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, no. Needless to say, next month we'll be recording on a different site. Yes, we will. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, Goodbye, Whereby. Unfortunately. I know. It was such a good, Love good whereby. site for so long. Oh, alas. Um, I know, and I'm looking. I'm looking at the time. I swear, any minute now, it's going to kick us off. Yeah, oh, it's going to be a weird episode. Um, well, I pretty much said everything I want to say, except for the the news article segment, I guess, which I can jump to really quickly. But do you guys have any last minute thoughts on ghosts or anything? Or no, not really. I mean, I f- I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like I said said my piece, and I think everything that was said here today is could be true or could not be true. I think it's just that's the also the most interesting part. I think about ghosts. Yeah, I mean, really, I I, I think it. We certainly like someday we'll look at like individual cases and and um, examples of stuff. This is not all we're going to say about ghosts. I mean, this, this, again, this is kind of like our, our one oh one level discussion, which obviously has been inter- interrupted by some unruly students. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll come back to some of these concepts I'm sure. And uh, maybe take what our, our minds are thinking and look at them further uh, in other examples. So yeah, um, I tell you what, uh, every month Seb's going to dig into the old timey newspaper archives to unearth a story of high strangeness. And, uh, I see not one, but two links. So, so Seb, what do we have this month? Yeah, I see the five minute warning on my screen. So I'm going to go through this pretty quick. This is a pair of articles from, um, 1913. Uh, June and July, Palo Alto house shivers with nocturnal groans and chain clankings. Every third night, a ghost stalks in John Arata's home here. 
The house wobbles and then shakes mightily. Weird echoes of clanking chains, mysterious moans, and ghostly groans strike terror in the Arata family. For two weeks, Morris Quinn, heavily armed, had the job of watchman. Four times he heard the ghost, but was undaunted, collected his one dollar at sunrise each morning. Wednesday night, he saw the white, the shadowy white form of the heavy lines of Charles H. Firebaugh, who died in the house several years ago. Mm. Quinn forgot all about the dollar and ran. Mr. Arata <laughs> has been shooting at the ghost for several weeks, but so far oh, not that's not it. how you do that. Don't shoot at ghosts. Neighbors complained, and Mr. Arata was forced to stop shooting. <laughs> and then the story conclu- <laughs> concludes in a second article, uh, the title being San Jose Constable on Scientific Ghost Hunt. Constable F.B. Simpson of Palo Alto is tonight making a final effort to find what haunts the Arata house in that town and has enlisted the services of several people to pass the night in the house and watch for ghosts. Dr. W.F. Durand of Stanford University has supplied the constable with a seismograph to record any, any uncanny moves in the house. David G. Roy, a law student in the university, has volunteered to watch the instrument. So I really love these little bit of little uh, articles for a couple of reasons. Um, it's definitely got the local interest, geographically speaking. You know, it's our neck of the woods. Um, but, you know, 1913, I mean, it seems like this is pretty early on for um, somebody, especially associated with the, associated with the university, um, but anybody really using any sort of scientific gear to try to investigate a haunted house, you know? I love um, the seismograph. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. super cool. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I really love this article. It really kind of, I, I mean, I guess we think of ghost hunting with scientific equipment as maybe a more modern thing, but here it is happening more than a hundred years ago, I guess. So yeah, I that's really neat. Yeah. That's really neat. I like that. And, and it's local. I mean, Palo Alto. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But that's it for this month. Thank you for joining us on this adventure into the weirdness that surrounds us every day. Um, uh, if you have an experience that you want to share with us, or if you have questions, feel free to email us at allnightgeeks at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at allnightgeeks. You can follow me at UFO. You can follow Seb at Clan McMuffin. And you can follow John at JP Thrice. That's right. Hey, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, you know, whatever. Your friend with a tin can who's sending podcasts down to the other end of it. I don't know how that works. And be sure to rate and review us as well. I also don't know how that works on tin cans. (laughs) But just as importantly, share us with your friends. I didn't realize I was making a tin can reference until I said it. Word of mouth goes a long way to spread the love around. And we would appreciate it if you tell at least one friend about the podcast. Um, We always want to give huge, huge thanks to the ghoulies for letting us use Hot Rods from Outer Space from their album Midnight in America as our intro and outro music. It's, God, it's such a good album. They've got Art Bell samples. They've got Russian number station samples in it. The the music is amazing. Go give them a follow on social media and hit up uh, theghouliesdenver.bandcamp.com to buy their music. Um, We've got merch. That's up at, and this is a different link now pay attention folks shop.spreadshirt.com slash n-o-t-l-g that's right shirts buttons stickers not even maybe stickers i checked there are stickers bucket hats Uh, bucket hats oh man you want to talk 90s (laughs) go get our logo on a bucket hat folks yeah um because hey spring is here it's getting sunny and warm out protect your neck um and your forehead and wear sunscreen and stay hydrated 
So go check that out. And also huge thanks to Kate, the steam powered mouse for doing the show's artwork. Yes. Absolutely. Obviously we are still in a pandemic, even though God willing and vaccine willing, we are almost through it. It's important to help out your local artists and local businesses. Please, please, please support them first. Uh, give them a shout out, throw them some money, do what you can. Uh, if you want to throw a few bones our way, you can always do that over at patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G, and we greatly appreciate that. So that is it for this month. Have a lovely April, everyone. We will catch you next month. And in the meantime, so long as it's safe in your mask, get out and find something weird. Good night. Good night. Good night, folks. Just having a good time. This is how I talk to her every night before she goes to sleep. I'm like, Camilla, you had such a good day. Gentle pan pipes in the background. (laughs) I wish. It's just the noise of my fan. I'm like, you had such a good day. You played with Henson all day. You got to to run around. You got to do so much fun stuff, right? And tomorrow you're going to get to do a bunch of fun stuff as well. And if you need anything in the night, just let us know. And one of us will come and get you. It'll be really nice. And then, you know, we'll wake up early. She's crying. How long will we do this? She's crying now. She's like, no, stop. (laughs) Come on, but you have have to sit with me. You know you can't go out there.